Servus and greetings from Vienna. My name is Anita Posch. Thank you for listening to Bitcoin und Co., my podcast that's introducing the philosophy, ideas and people behind Bitcoin. Don't miss the upcoming interviews and subscribe to the show in your podcast player now. Before we start, I want to thank my sponsors. Without their support, this podcast would simply not be possible. And they have great products and services too. So please listen to their messages and afterwards enjoy. I approached Shift Crypto Security because I feel like we care about the same things. My absolute belief is in independence. This is a value that drives all of Shift's products too. We both believe that everybody should be the holder of their own keys. And a well-built hardware wallet is the safest way to hold your coins. So when Shift announced the Bitbox O2, we made it happen. The Bitbox O2 is Swiss-made, secure and easy to use. It has invisible touch sensors and USB-C. And it also comes as a Bitcoin-only edition. That's something I believe in too. So I encourage you to check it out at shiftcrypto.ch. That's shift, C-R-I-P-T-O dot C-H. And you can get free shipping with the code ANITA. The Bitbox O2 by Shift Crypto Security. Paying with cryptocurrencies in everyday life and that with any wallet? Salamantex makes it possible now. Cheap, fast and easy at the checkout or online. All Salamantex merchants and further information about the Salamantex digital payment system can be found at www.salamantex.com forward slash customers. That's www.salamantex.com forward slash customers. So hello to the Bitcoin and Co. podcast again. It's the second day of the Baltic Honey Badger conference today and I welcome a new guest. It's Jonathan Leong. Yes, it's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for taking the time to do that interview. You're the CEO of BTSE or BTSE as you call it, I think, which is a multi-currency Bitcoin digital assets exchange and derivatives platform. Do you say that like that? Yes, yes. Uh, well, simply put, um, we are a spot and futures exchange and uh, we offer quite a bit of innovations behind the multi-currency aspect of, of things. Mm -hmm. And uh, before we dive into the details about Bitsy, I would like to know more about you. So also for our listeners, when and why did you come into the Bitcoin space? So we've had Bitcoin on our radar for quite a few years, but our, my personal background has, has actually been building uh, trading platforms for, for over 10 years. So when we got into the space was we enjoyed we loved what bitcoin was able to uh propose on what the future could be but we also saw that there were a lot of inefficiencies and a lot of things lacking um in the space for example uh, making bitcoin accessible for people or being able to 
bring about uh, liquidity because the more liquidity that you're able to amass, that actually helps Bitcoin um, reduce its volatility. And in that in that space, it actually makes Bitcoin more affordable to the masses. So we started out from a technology perspective because we felt that everything that was offered out there was not reliable enough and it wasn't robust. Mm -hmm. uh, but when we try to go back a little bit to the foundations of Bitcoin and the ideas behind it, um, when did you get interested in it? I mean, what was the, the point where you said, okay, I think this is really a kind of a technology and maybe also a kind of a money that I'm interested in? Well, we, well, I saw Bitcoin to be a good store of value and the purpose, the drive behind it was, well, I would say the motivations behind it was the elegance on how it was actually built, uh, when it came also towards privacy and the way that it should be properly adopted. The decentralized capability where governance, it was free from governance in, in, in that perspective. So that was how we started to get engaged. And I started out basically doing mining, actually. Ah, that's interesting. Yes. Uh, we still have our mining farms. Ah. Uh, we've never stopped. Uh, and then it was then when we couldn't find a very good platform that, you know, to actually trade on. And that's where it made sense for us to start to get involved in uh, the trading space or to help with adoption, to help people get trade in and out of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So you're building your, actually, in a way, your own platform to, to, to sustain or to better the liquidity and to like um, use the Bitcoin you mine. Yeah, well, it, 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 to some extent, uh, because we felt that the problems that we were facing would be problems that a lot of other people were facing. You know, imagine that in the last bull run, exchanges couldn't had to close registration. They couldn't take more people on. All the exchanges around were failing because uh, the load was just too much for them. So we saw a real problem there and we wanted to fix it. Mm -hmm. And uh, you were just talking about the bull run. Uh, when did you uh, start with mining and um, how did you like how did you do in the years of the beer market because as I've heard many small mining farms or m small miners have shut down because they it wasn't um, uh, feasible anymore to mine Bitcoin yes uh, we started out in late 2015 I would say and um, during these periods of the bear market uh, we were able to still manage our risk uh, substantially. It, it was not. It did not mean that although um, during the bull run that we expanded the operations massively, we still kept that un under control. So in that sense, we were still able to maintain uh, our our um, infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And uh, when did you start building the new platform? We uh, we started out in February of 2018. Mm -hmm. So it's been a good uh, one and a half years now. Mm -hmm. And uh, since when is it operative? Or what was that the launch or uh, the building? No. So right. we started building it then and we launched in September 2018. Okay. 
So you built half a year. Yeah. Uh, and now it's running a year. Yes. And uh, we launched futures trading in July this year. Okay. So now I'll confess, I'm I'm not a trader. I have okay. no idea about it. I mean, I I really I also, I mean. Since I'm in Bitcoin and uh, what I think is a good thing about Bitcoin and these um, open projects and uh, that they are accessible for everybody. So even people who have not very much money uh, can be a part of it and trade now. That I think that's really a good thing. But that's why I'm going to ask you things like what is a futures contract and what is an ETF, for instance? Uh, sure, no problem. Um, so a futures contract, unlike the spot, is where it's a zero-sum game. So as long as someone is taking a position for, there will be someone who takes a position against, right? So in that aspect, this is more towards uh, uh, market spe speculation. That's what futures are. And where someone can either go long and another person go short, then... And basically uh, speculate on the, the future price of what they think Bitcoin would be. And with that, they're also able to take a margin. So unlike spot where you have to put the full um, monetary value down in order to trade, uh, with futures, because it's speculative and it's highly leveraged, you only put down a portion of uh, capital. Mm -hmm. uh, for the margin requirement. Okay, so you're more flexible because you don't need large amounts of money. Yes, so it's it's highly leveraged. Uh, so basically, you could uh, pledge uh, $100 to take up a position of uh, with a value of 10000 for example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You were speaking about providing liquidity for the market before. Yes. Um, I've often heard that this is difficult for the exchanges um, what does it mean? I mean, I think it means that it's possible for the exchange to have the money at the moment it's needed. So I would position it this way. If you visited a regular exchange, they would separate the order books based on the different currency pairs. So say um, an exchange that offers US dollar trading on Bitcoin, Euro, and maybe Pound they separate it into three different order books. So what we do in, is to amass the liquidity by taking the liquidity in the US order book and combining it with the euro order book and combining it with the pound. So this way, um, you have real good uh, price discovery and you're not going to face the issues of... Uh, uh, of lesser liquidity on a more obscure uh, trading pair, mm -hmm. because you you put it together in a big like in a big box. yes in a big <laughs> basket. Yeah. Then we we combine the entire liquidity. Mm -hmm. Other competitors don't do that. No, no one does that. So this is one of our key innovations. So if say for example, um, you could be uh, for us, we are based out of uh, the Emirates, so. If, even if we were to support, say, uh, Japanese yen, we are not going to have many J Japanese users depo depositing yen onto the platform. But if they did, they would still see the same liquidity that's traded on a US dollar pair, for example. So 
What does it mean that you are located in the Emirates? How are the regulations different there? Um, the Emirates is actually quite uh, advanced in this areas. We are licensed and regulated out of there with um, uh, a bro uh, financial brokers uh, and securities and crypto license. Mm -hmm. And are you also located there or are you working yes. everywhere? Are you also located yes. there? Yes, we're headquartered uh, in uh, Dubai. Ah, okay. And how many people are working at your offices? Uh, all around we have about 40 people, mm -hmm. inclu inclusive of um, uh, back office, treasury functions, risk management, compliance, development. And has this grown in the last year or was that from the beginning? Uh, yeah, we grew from a team of five people, five, six people to okay. where it is now. Yeah. Okay, that sounds nice. I mean, it's a steady growth. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, what are your main competitors? Our main competitors would be um, the the two largest uh, derivatives trading platforms, which would be Bitmax and Deribit. So these are platforms where they offer crypto to crypto trading only. And in that aspect, basically, if you trade on any market, you are forced to trade only in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So you, you post margin in Bitcoin and you get paid in Bitcoin. The difference, uh, it's uh, another innovation that we've created. We call it Futures 2.0. It's where we allow users to pledge any kind of asset, be it, uh, be it fiat or crypto, as margin. And when they choose to settle, they can settle in any other asset that they choose. So it can be Bitcoin, it can be USDT, it can be euros. It's up to the user's choice. Mm -hmm. Sounds very flexible and at the same time very complex at the end. Or? Uh, well, uh, yes. So we make it transparent to the user so they would never have to worry. Uh, assets are basically mark-to-market value. And the beauty of this is it adds liquidity because if you're only making people trade in Bitcoin and at this point it's very limiting but if you're able to in introduce um, fiat and other assets into the space you can actually help build up the actual trading volume of uh, Bitcoin the Bitcoin you hold do you have the keys for it or the users is so, it a custodial yes yes so uh, we do custody mm -hmm. uh, of all the all the assets uh, potentially down the road, we are looking at a liquid network to potentially allow us to handle non-custodial uh, order placement. Meaning you pack to the, the Bitcoin blockchain or to the liquid network? Uh, to the liquid network. And the liquid, liquid network is packed one-to-one -to, -one to Bitcoin. Yes, so the liquid B we will be supporting liquid BTC. And uh, on our platform, it's just seen as uh, BTC, uh, Bitcoin. For users, if you want to peg out or you want to move funds off uh, via the Bitcoin blockchain or via Liquid, you can, and it's seamless. Okay, so then you don't have the responsibility for holding the the, the Bitcoin by yourself. Right? When Do you we understand that right? Yes, when we have that uh, implemented, then uh, users would custody their own funds, and we were not. Uh, okay, I think that that's a huge step forward, isn't it? Yes, yes, it, it would be. Yeah. 
I also have heard that it's actually one of the critical um, things in building up exchanges and trading platforms is the security, like the security from the standpoint of the people you work there. Uh, work there. Yeah. How do you audit that? I mean, or what what can even uh, um, an employee do? Exactly. So bad actors are always going to be around. And the way we built our system, it's very different from everyone else. We value security um, as the priority on how everything was built. So all our technology is actually all built in-house. Um, this also allowed us to basically build up very capable and robust systems. For example, all our, all our, all our code is actually kept in memory. So the matching engine and the traits are all kept in memory. And what we actually do is we segregate each module for what it's doing that we always work to assume that one module may get compromised. And in, in that instance, if it does, how do we firewall and safeguard all the other modules? So by doing this, It does increase uh, the level of security. At the same time, we also have real-time audits. So, for example, if you had um, a bad actor who could be your database administrator and just changes a, a wallet balance, we basically segregate it such that we have other core modules that run real-time audits, just like a bank, and we can actually detect that uh, there is an inconsistency and that account immediately gets frozen. Um, and separately, uh, we have an article coming out by uh, Bitcoin Optech uh, that basically uh, we've shared with them the the level of uh, security measures that we've implemented in our core and hot wallet and our procedures. And uh, they'll be Uh, doing an article to explain and share with everyone on our, our security practices and how we handle them. Ah, so yeah, that's very transparent because Bitcoin Optech is the Bitcoin core newsletter, I would say. Is that the right yeah. uh, description? Yes. Yeah. So um, that seems to be a good step being transparent about it. Yes. And we believe that this is nothing to hide because the more people that adopt it, they help make Bitcoin secure. And our main goal really is to minimize any form of platform hacks that's just bad for the industry. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But um, being located in the Emirates, um, if we do a, like a thinking experiment, um, if in my country, for instance, uh, the government says Bitcoin is not allowed anymore, I could still buy at your platform? Well, this is where uh, reg the regulatory framework comes into comes into play. If there are um, countries that is basically um, there are law, there are rules that prevent this, uh, prevent trading of any form of cryptocurrency. We would respect that. So, in this aspect, also uh, we do not uh, allow U.S. Uh, residents or entities to trade on our platform. Ah, okay. Because the U.S. from the other side say it's not allowed. Or what, what, why, why? Well, with the U.S., it, I mean, it's always important, in my opinion, to comply regulatory with any uh, any government body. 
So if we're not well equipped in this space, uh, then it's a it, we rather not serve this market. Before we continue, a short message from my longtime show supporters at Card Wallet. Thank you. We'll be back soon. Do you want to keep your Bitcoin safe long term? The Card Wallet is the best cold storage solution a retail customer can get. It's easy to use and completely offline. No hassles with updates, passwords or hacks. I gave one to friends as a wedding gift. They are Bitcoin newbies. But with the card wallet, even they can hold Bitcoin securely. And the best thing is, my friends at cardwallet.com made a special offer for all the listeners of my podcast. If you go to www.cardwallet.com forward slash Anita, you'll get 20% off the price. So go to www cardwallet.com forward slash Anita now and buy a card wallet with a 20% discount. I'm sure you're looking at the market also globally. What do you think about uh, Facebook's Libra? That's a, that's a good question, actually. Uh, Facebook Libra, the concept and the design of it was very interesting. Uh, to use a, a basket of currencies and, and peg it, I think that was... Uh, impressive having such a great user base for adoption and facilitating the underbank i think uh, it's it's great um i do think that it has a lot on its plate with regards due to the size and the regulatory oversight i think that's uh, something um that you know a lot more time has to be spent in ensuring that they as a company are able to to execute it well. I mean, just as a personal, uh, from my personal point of view, Facebook hasn't done well on the privacy side. They've gotten hacked. They've left uh, passwords unencrypted, and you know, so much user information w was uh, released. So, uh, I do have my concerns on that. I do think that Telegram's uh, uh, token coming out would be an interesting. Um, Uh, project actually, considering it is, it has such a huge uh, user base, and they do pride themselves around security. But then the Bitcoin community always asks, asks, why do they need a token? Why don't they just use Bitcoin for something? So? Well, Bitcoin forms as a great store of value. It's become a household name. It's been recognized as. Uh, A, a real asset to be hedged, especially in uh, times like these. I do see that in other areas, perhaps some tokens might have use specific to that use case, to that project. I don't necessarily agree it could be for widespread adoption. Um, but, you know, my money is on Bitcoin. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Does your platform also enable issuing of new assets? Yes, but uh, the assets that we list uh, tend to be assets that we believe have good potential. Um, so right now we only list uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum and Litecoin. Um, we see Monero. We, we like Monero. Due to, uh, it ha we think that uh, what Monero is able to bring to the table especially in um, 
user privacy um, is very important. And it's one that we want to be able to see grow and help support. What are the criteria for you to uh, list a currency or asset? For us, we look at the project and it has to be something that we do see widespread adoption, right? That has enough, um, uh, a decent enough market cap, good adoption, good value, good principles behind it and then these are assets that we would then consider to list so we're, we're definitely not in a rush to just list anything and we believe that if we're going to do it is there is true adoption and true interest that we can connect uh, people everyone globally to come and trade on it yeah and i mean i could also imagine that Each asset has technical aspects that you as an exchange have to uh, work around or work with. And then it gets more complex, or? It does, yeah. So, you know, we tend to avoid projects where the communities aren't, uh, aren't really working very well together. We will try to avoid dealing with hard forks and we prefer not, you know, that these things never happen. So we do make sure, we do ensure that these projects do have uh, a good track record that we believe in it has good potential we like the community behind it and then we'll consider to list that asset what is a typical work week look in your calendar as the ceo ceo of such oh, a platform wow. it's quite <laughs> it's fun um personally i i love to code And the core engine and the architecture was all designed by me and coded by me. Um, so that's where that started. Now I still maintain uh, the key components of uh, the engine. Separately, a lot of time is spent on um, planning the road for the roadmap ahead, on new developments, um, figuring out and engaging going on the road, meeting more people, getting the feedback on what's really needed by the market. Um, we'll do, I'm also spending a lot of time with the team on the marketing, uh, the marketing side. Uh, and um, then, of course, I have a great team who basically can handle um, back office, uh, treasury, compliance, risk management, so you're coming from the technical side. Yes. More from uh, yeah. the and you, side. then you started mining and such, you said before. And talking about the roadmap, what's the roadmap for the, let's say, next six months and two years maybe? Oh, we have a lot of uh, interesting things coming up. Um, we, we believe that what we've, create, we've created with the support of being able to harness liquidity by combining uh, it with features like multi-currency and uh, being able to trade with multiple assets is, is a key value. And we want to be able to bridge that gap between uh, the traditional markets and the digital assets, asset markets. And we, it's an area where we see we want to grow it both ways, allowing um, users who aren't familiar with the crypto space to come in and trade, but vice versa also. Give people uh, in the crypto space um, opportunities to explore uh, 
the traditional markets. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of work coming up, I guess. <laughs> yes, but it's fun and it's uh, interesting when you know what can be done these days. And how did you finance finance the project? Um, we've only been through um, friends and family. Again, because uh, due to our expertise in many areas from uh, engineering financial um, systems to building up high-frequency trading uh, platforms to handling high-volume systems, um, we were able to do a lot with a relatively small team. Mm-hmm. And so you're not looking for any kind of capital because you try to bootstrap in a way? I th- well, that's not well. We reached a point that we have the validation that we need. We got the right licenses. We've got the right software. We've got the right brand awareness, and we have people validating a platform. Uh, so now is actually the time that we're also starting to look to do a, a proper fundraise in order to uh, really give us the um, the resources to grow uh, rapidly and massively. Mm-hmm. You say you want to grow rapidly and massively. Where? In which countries? Uh, what's the vision? So, like Coinbase, for example, if you know to get the right licenses in every single country, there is uh, a lot of resources that's required, a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of legal framework and compliance you have to deal with. So, being As dig- you know, Bitcoin and digital other digital assets, they're here to stay for the long term. Being able, being able to build up um, a proper platform that adheres to the local regulations and you know, allowing us to be able to to give people easy access to Bitcoin. Is you know one of our our key um, priorities really. So this is an area that we will continue to evolve and and focus. So when we are talking about visions, um, you mentioned it a little bit before. Bitcoin should be money for the world, or what? What? What's your personal view? My feel is that I want to make Bitcoin affordable for everyone. Right, when you say affordable, and you know, we we were talking at Dan Dan Held's uh, presentation earlier, right? You got to have very efficient markets, and when you have very efficient markets, you reduce that volatility. So, as he said, you know, Bitcoin might then turn out to be boring, but then the purpose it serves, it's really different at, at that point. So, I want to help get it to that stage, honestly. And that makes Bitcoin affordable. If someone was to hold yeah. Bitcoin right now, and it's at say ten thousand dollars, and that is going to pay for all these needs, but maybe a couple hours later it might just drop to nine thousand dollars. So now maybe I c- I couldn't pay my rent. So until problems like these are actually solved, there's no way that it is really affordable in that sense for everyone. Yeah, not affordable in that sense, and. It won't be used as a medium of exchange because people hold it, of course. Correct, correct. Yeah. So I think that's a 
a nice vision and a nice goal. Thank you. And I wish you all the best for it. <laughs> thank you. Thank and you. Um, my last question is actually always, uh, do you have a recommendation for Bitcoin newbies to read or, or um, watch a video or something? Or maybe when you, you, are, you were doing mining, maybe you have other recommendations? Yes, actually. Uh, there's this new book out by um, uh, Jimmy Sung and, and a few guys, uh, The Little Bitcoin Book. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I just read through it. I think that's a good read. So for someone new to Bitcoin, I think it's a very good, uh, it shares a very good insight and it's uh, very up to date. Thank you. And last question, uh, where can people follow the or find the BTC exchange and maybe follow you, your work? Uh, you can check us out at, uh, on btse.com and uh, my Twitter handle is um, Bitsy Jonathan, B-T-S-E Jonathan. Bitsy Bitsy Jonathan. <laughs> That's nice. Okay, thank you very much. All the best. And thank bye. you for having me. Cheers. So thank you for listening. And please remember to check out the Bitbox O2 hardware wallets. Free shipping with the code ANITA at shiftcrypto.ch. Two editions, both Swiss made, including a Bitcoin only. What can I say? I'm a fan. And thanks also to Card Wallet and Salamantex. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. What did you think of the interview? Did it bring you greater understanding of Bitcoin and its people? If yes, and if you want to support my show, please subscribe to the podcast in your player, leave some stars and share, 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 share on social media. Feel free to contact me on Twitter, LinkedIn and YouTube or send me a voice message via the link on the episode page. Goodbye from Vienna. Auf Wiederhören. Music. Start with Yes. Delicate Beats. Idea, Content and Production. Yours truly, Anita Posch.